Family and Business. I'm your host, Shannon. I'm Donna. And I'm Z. And tonight we are discussing episode two entitled Everybody Loves a Clown, even though Z is here to let you know that that title is a lie <laughs> because not everybody loves a clown. Clowns are the work of the devil. <laughs> Obviously, this episode does follow a clown. And in this episode, we get to learn that Sam is actually afraid of clowns. Understandably. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm not afraid of clowns, but I, I find certain clowns creepy. I, I will say that. I mean, I don't, I don't have the same reaction to clowns that I have to spiders, which is just like a mind-numbing fear and, you know, just saying the word clown doesn't just like send me into a puddle of goo. But I, I can see that they, yeah, I, I understand why people have a problem with them. Because there are some really, really creepy ones out there. Yeah. So. There's some, like, true story creepy clowns, too. Like, John Wayne Gacy. Like, yeah. Like, it's not just like, oh, here's a horror movie. Like, that shit's scary. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, with this... We end the last episode with John dying and Sam and Dean having to deal with it. And we open this episode with a carnival mm -hmm. and a little girl who looked oddly familiar. And I didn't think to look her up, but the little girl looked oddly familiar to me. She did. She was yeah. very cute. And so she's uh, going through the carnival with mom and dad and dad is... The one who's like, okay, no, clowns are creepy, mm -hmm. you know. But she just keeps, she sees this one specific clown in a really weird yellow outfit, and he's waving at her, but then mom and dad don't see it. And then they're driving home, and it's dark, and we see the clown in the woods, and then the little girl lets the clown into the house. That's fucked up. <laughs> that was, I, yeah, I'm just... That kid was old enough to know not to let people in, but all three kids in the episode let people into the house. Yeah. And it was a little odd. Now, I'm going to yeah. say that the second kid, it was kind of the dad's fault on that. Mm -hmm. Because he told him, don't be afraid of clowns. Clowns are your friends. So at that point, that clown was no longer a stranger. It was a friend. So you can let a friend into the house. Yeah. Apparently, even at midnight, you know, but... Like, I could kind of understand the dad saying that because you... Like, that's a really great age to, like, head off fears. Right. But, like, I mean, if you're in a Supernatural episode, don't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, fuck your kid. Like, <laughs> you got to teach him to be afraid of everything. Yeah, exactly. So, we eventually find out the, that the clown is something called a Rakshasa. And for those of you who play D&D, you know what that is pretty much already, but Z, did you do any lore on the Rakshasa? I, I did, I did. So in the episode, we know that, just from what Sam tells us, uh, what he learned from Ellen, is that uh, they're, from, they're ancient Hindu creatures, they feed on human flesh, they have to be invited to the home, they sleep on a bed of insects, and the way to kill them is a dagger made of pure brass. Right. So when I went online afterwards and I did research, I found that it is indeed from Hindu, and it actually eventually made its way into Buddhism. They're also known as man-eaters. I thought that was funny, because I got a song stuck in my head after that. <laughs> um, they're technically demigods, because they were breathed from, or they, they sprung from the breath of Brahm. Brahma. And they were, like, so filled with bloodlust that they immediately began eating him, and when he called out, protect me, uh, which is Rakshama in Sanskrit, 
that's where they got their name from, and then they were cast to Earth. So they can fly, they can manipulate people's vision, and things like that. So it was pretty, it's pretty dead on for the episode. Do you know how to kill one in the D&D, Donna? I don't recall. If I'm not mistaken, it is with a blessed crossbow bolt. If I'm not mistaken. I actually, as much as long, as much time as I've spent playing D&D in my life, which is a lot, I've spent a lot of time playing <laughs> D&D in my life, uh, the actual main memory I have of Rakshasa is from a series of books by a writer called F. Paul Wilson. He's amazing. You guys, you should totally be reading F. Paul Wilson. Repairman Jack. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there's Rakshasa and Repairman Jack. Okay, I've read the first one of those, but yeah. I haven't read beyond that. I loved the first one. Yeah. But, but yeah. I love Jack so much. I Very love those cool. books. My gosh. He's a fantastic writer. Um, but at any rate, I, so yeah, I associate Rakshasa more with, with F. Paul Wilson than I do with D&D. Okay. Very interesting. Anything else lore-related that we should know about? Uh, it just said that uh, a couple of the articles that I found just said that they're always compared to vampires, especially in the aspect that they have to be invited in. Sure, sure. Very interesting. I do, I do want to say, I just, I never, I, I don't know if I was just the wrong age or what, I never got the evil clown thing. Kind of like Shannon was saying, sometimes they're creepy, I'll, I'll grant you sometimes they're creepy, but I actually, I just, I don't have any major fears of anything. Snakes, spiders, clowns, none of that stuff really bothers See, me. See, just you saying the S word just makes me cringe, so... I don't know. I don't know if it's like a, an ingrained thing or if it's just mm -hmm. something because I, I don't remember I don't remember being afraid of spiders whenever I was a child. And I don't know if there was a specific point at which it just started, but like bugs, rats, mice, snakes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've had a six-foot-long, you know, Colombian red-tailed boa wrapped around my neck before <laughs> I was fine. Mm. I've held rats. I've held mice. You know, I I will not directly pick up a, a scorpion, but, like, I'll scoop paper under a scorpion and take it outside mm -hmm. and let it go, you know. Spiders, though, no. I want them dead. I want their kin dead. If I have to burn down a house to kill one, it, it's a small sacrifice. My and, sister didn't have a, a thing with spiders until after Eight-Legged Freaks came out. Which is funny because that's supposed to be a, a parody show. Like, yeah. kind of like scary movie. Yeah. But she's, that, like, that one just, she lost her shit after that one. So, I, do you remember specifically whenever you learned you were afraid of clowns or? Yes, but it's not podcast appropriate. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to discuss it after the podcast. Was it traumatic? Extremely. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I understand. So the other great thing that we get in this episode is the introduction of Ellen and Joe and Ash. And the Roadhouse. And the Roadhouse, <laughs> yes. I wrote them yeah. all in big letters. As much as I love Ellen and Joe, I actually think I got more excited by Ash. Yes. yes. Ash, you're fantastic. Yes. I absolutely love them. And I love how... I love how Joe specifically is introduced and in that she, of course, gets the drop on Dean with the rifle and he tells her the whole, uh, you know, you shouldn't stand so close to me with that gun, little lady, because I can do this. And so he turns around and takes the <laughs> rifle and she just punches him right in the freaking nose. no hesitation. I mean, there was just, bam! 
Yeah, exactly. And then she gets the rifle back, and he's right back where he started, except for now he's facing her instead of with his back to her. He, he even goes, ah, oh, god damn, I can't even see now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's so, got a good arm. I, yes, exactly. There's a secret from Ellen where John Winchester is concerned in that there may have been a little something-something going on there. Mm. We don't know for sure if it was sexual or not, but there was definitely some connection that they had whether it was spiritual emotional physical whatever like i said we don't know but there was a connection to the point where ellen is physically affected by the news that john has passed one thing that i had a problem with in this episode and and we'll probably come back to the whole ellen joe ash thing later and i'm cool with that the one thing that i had a problem with in this episode is that we find out that it's basically a week after John has yeah. passed, and baby looks almost freaking phenomenal right. <laughs> compared to what she did at the end of the other episode, which was like a huge pile of garbage that Bobby's ready to just like clear the trunk of and, and send off to the trash. Here's what I have to assume. They found another frame, they found another Impala body, and they maybe recovered like the cassette player had a seat cover and put it in the new vehicle and called that baby. Right. I feel like they probably could have harvested a lot from the driver's side, though. Yeah, I mean, they're the front and rear fender, the passenger side back door, or the driver's side back door, because obviously the front door is, like, gone. Mm -hmm. so, well, I mean, he just ripped, the, the demon just ripped it off, so they probably could have just, like... Well, he tossed it, so it, I'm sure it wasn't with the car. Although it could, they could have picked it up and put it in there. I don't know. But needless to say, Baby was well put together by that point, and that's just a little bit silly. Mm -hmm. Now, if they were going to do that in between seasons, I could see them just kind of fudging over mm -hmm. it because of people's memories. But you don't do that in a week, so I'm just saying. One of the funny things that I found with this episode in the the give and take with Sam and Dean is Dean giving Sam a hard time about being afraid of clowns and and Sam comes back with the well you're you know you're afraid of flying and and Dean says well people die planes crash people die and and Sam says well and apparently uh, clowns kill people too right they were they were totally <laughs> unsympathetic of each other and I was a little grumpy with them about that. Because let me just tell you, I'm, I'm going to give myself some kudos. When I started watching this episode last night, the first thing I did was message Z and said, Hey, there's a evil clown in this episode. Are you going to be cool with that? And then I ended up sending her a message with the actual timestamps of when the clown appears. Okay, it's in the beginning, and then 18 minutes in, it's there again. And 24 minutes in, it's there again. So that is being respectful of somebody else's phobia. They were not respectful of each other's phobias. But they're also brothers, yes. and you have that give and take, yes. and you know, giving each other shit and all of that. So yeah, I, that I can understand. It also didn't seem like either of them had like full blown phobias. Like Dean could talk about flying right. without being like super freaked out about it, and right. obviously Sam was like walking around where there were clowns also walking around. He wasn't having panic attack or anything. Right. So, like, I like my brother's afraid of snakes to a little bit of degree. Like, it's not like a phobia, but he does not want them near him, as I, a lot of people don't. Right. And so I used to pick up snakes and like tease him with them. 
when we were younger, but he like never touched the clown thing. Like he knew that was like a no go. Mm-hmm. I see. So I, feel, I feel like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm judging, judging face. No, 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 no. So... Because he used to do. I did not like armadillos, and there were a bunch of armadillos that get run over by our house, and they scared. Anyways, so it was it was like a thing. Okay. He didn't touch them, did he? He did. Leprosy. You can get leprosy from armadillos. That's not a joke. It's serious. You can get leprosy from armadillos. But this was, I'm assuming, at least ten plus years ago. It yeah. was a very long incubation period. So Are his fingers falling off by any chance? <laughs> no, he has them all. Oh, okay. He uses them frequently to play video games. Okay. So I guess they're all working. Awesome. But yeah, so like, I, anyways, my whole point of saying that was that it's probably just like a sibling thing. Like, it wasn't just like a, like, poking fun at each other because right. of their phobias. Like, it was like, like you were saying, like, a give right. and take, teasing thing. Yeah, as siblings are wont to do. I just want to give full props to that impressive mullet that Ash is sporting. <laughs> My God, that is a mullet worthy of a trophy. Business in the front and party in the back. I have my my boyfriend has hair that comes like past his boobs. And his nipples, I don't know, can I say nipples on, on a podcast? Yes. Okay, it comes back. You say fuck and shit frequently, so yes, you may well, say nipples. This is Oklahoma, so I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm conditioned that, that boobies are off limits. Anyways, so he has hair that comes past his nipples, and whenever I straighten it, it looks like ashes in the back. Like, uh, he doesn't have a mullet, but it looks a little, a little reminiscent of ash. Mm. You straighten his hair? I do. He lets okay. me, he's let me braid it and stuff before. It's great. Okay. It's so thick and luscious. Okay, so if you're still with us, we are (laughs) now going to take a break, so I'm going to have Miss Donna share some information with you. It would mean a lot to me if you guys would go check out iTunes and Google Play and do a rate, review, and subscribe for us on there. It really helps us out. We enjoy the feedback. We would really like it if you would tell people about us or tweet about us or compose interpretive poetry about us. Mm -hmm. We really appreciate that. Uh, you can chat with us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and Tumblr and all that stuff. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram at the family business underscore SPN Fancast. And then on Twitter at TFB underscore SPN Fancast. And then all of the Snarkcasts can be found at snarkcasts.tumblr.com and on Facebook at and those sister podcasts are Collective Snark, which is a pop culture podcast. There's Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, which is a horror movie podcast. And Once More with Feeling, the 20th anniversary of Buffy fancast. Uh, you can find all of us and more on the Gumby Cat Networks. That's GumbyCatNetworks.com. I had so little on this show. <laughs> or on this How about we start with Finger to Clown? Okay. Okay, why is that funny, but my touch on Bobby joke wasn't? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was funny because of the way Dean reacted. Oh, okay. Okay, so Donna regale us about fingering a clown. No, it was just a little passing joke where Sam, who was stressed because he's at a carnival, says, uh, here we are, and there's been these murders, and they fingered a clown, and Dean became a 12-year-old. <laughs> fingered a clown. <laughs> 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 I thought it was funny. Okay. There was, wow. there, wasn't, <laughs> there was another line. It wasn't sexual, but I didn't have any lines last week that I really liked. And this this episode I did. And it was near the end where Sam and Dean are sitting at the bar in the roadhouse together. And Joe comes up. And Joe and Dean just kind of, like, stare at Sam. And he's just like, I gotta go. 
over there right now. (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, it was funny because they were trying to make it incredibly obvious what they wanted. And he just wasn't really getting the picture. And whenever he did, it's like he reacted to it in as slow and awkward a way as he possibly could. Right. So... And but that then kind of segues into our scene with Ash in that he has taken all of the data that John had gathered on the LOI demon and how to track it and all of that, and then Ash has his really super computer cobbled together from chewing gum and bailing wire and a thermonuclear reactor computer and has input all of this data and has come up with an algorithm or program or whatever you want to call it in order to be able to track the yellow eyed demon and so while he says i can't find it right now i'll let you know as soon as i do i have a medical metaphysical question about that okay so about a week before he appears this happens and then and then this happens and then this happens and then he appears and these other things happen. Right. So is he making his travel plans a week in advance? I always... Or is he saying, oh, look, cattle mutilations and thunderstorms. I guess I'm going there. I always thought he was probably staking it out. Mm-hmm. But it was like because he was there so often, you know, just even if he was like popping in for five minutes a day, it was like this shit was manifesting around him. Mm-hmm. And then when he came in and like attacked... I guess I shouldn't have put that in quotations. When he, when he would come in and attack, then that's when John was saying that he was showing up. It automatically adds a special sound effect for air quotes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I said it a little sarcastically. I said, attack. The, the other thing, too, could be, it's kind of like animals before a forest fire, mm-hmm. in that you see this huge wave of, of animals and creatures flying and running and doing all of this, but you don't know why they're doing it. Until you actually see the firestorm coming through. And so it may be the same thing in that he is advancing and this is the wave of all of the bad shit that is preceding him because he's setting it off. Yeah. And so it's it's the, the what is coming in front of him and he's projecting it and then eventually showing up in the same spot where all of this stuff has been happening. So Fair enough. I don't think they ever actually go into why these things happen. It's just, it's kind of like a signs and portents mm-hmm. kind of thing. One yeah. other thing I noticed is the makeup on Dean's head injury was really bad. It was mm-hmm. really bad, you guys. I think, it, again, it may be the whole HD thing. You know what? You well, might Sam, be right. Sam's looked really good. Sam's looked good. Well, I mean, to be honest, all that was was that was a chunk of makeup wax that was stuck to his forehead. Problem is, Jensen Ackles acts with his forehead. Right. right. So every time he would wrinkle his forehead, the wax stuck on his forehead looked awful. But yeah. I bet you're right. I bet it's the HD thing. Yeah. I can't wait till like, it gets better and then I can actually complain about stuff. Makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. So with this episode, we had a very intense scene at, well, actually two very intense scenes. The first intense scene comes whenever Sam pulls the whole, well, we don't want to go to school, we don't want to do this, this is what we want to do, corny thing, and they leave, and Dean just basically jumps down his throat and is like, dude, what was that shit back there? You don't want to go back to school now and everything? And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, number one, he was acting. Right. Mm -hmm. And number two, 
you know, back the fuck off. But that's whenever Sam goes into the whole thing of, well, yeah, I am kind of having second thoughts about that. And I'm having the second thoughts because dad's dead. And now I don't know for sure that that's what I want to do. Right. And then later we get the interaction between Sam and Dean where Sam is basically like, yes, the reason I'm having the second thoughts is because it feels like the best way to honor dad's memory is by, you know, continuing on with this and doing everything because I never was like the obedient son and all of that. And then whenever he tells Dean, yeah, these are my reasons and they're probably wrong, but you're not right now either Mm -hmm. sets Dean off to the level where he attacks Baby with a crowbar. One thing that I found so touching about that scene is that Dean equates Baby with Dad. Mm -hmm. And Dean is angry about what Dad has done because Dean knows. Dean got the whole little whispered message at the end of the last episode that he then lies to Sam about and says, oh no, dad didn't tell me anything, but he knows about all of these things. And so Dean equating the two of them beats the shit out of baby's trunk lid to the point where he puts a hole in it. And I just found that so, just so for Dean, touching and disturbing. And it was like, he knows that he was never going to get to tell dad exactly what he thought and exactly how he felt. And this was how he was going to do it. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the reasons why they fudged the, the progression of Baby. Was because when we had seen Maybe. it in, in the previous episode, it was like torn up all the way through, like the trunk and everything. And then when we see it in this one, the body of it is is relatively nice. It's a little dusty and old, you know, whatever. But it's right. relatively smooth. And I think maybe that's why they made it come along so quickly so that when that it happened, you could definitely that. see. I tell you, when I first saw it, I was like, no way. There's no way Dean would take a crowbar to Baby. That would never happen. But then, yeah, the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, man, Baby symbolizes a lot of things. Right. And his relationship with Dad is a big part of it. I will point out that the only part of Baby he beat up was the trunk. Yes. Which is a fairly easily replaceable part of a car. <laughs> yes. Nonetheless. Yeah. Also, before he beats on Baby, he swings around and breaks the glass out of another car. Mm-hmm. And there's a split second where you can see on his face where that's, like, just not enough. Right. And that's, I think that's just kind of ties into the whole, like, heart-wrenchingness of yeah. that, that, that scene. Yeah. So Donna, Ellen, and Joe. Oh my God! Two amazing female characters. They are. And by the way, I have in previous episodes bitched about John Shibben, and every time I say his name, I follow it up with I'm not sure if that's how it's actually pronounced. But I have bitched about John Shibben and his portrayal of female characters. He wrote uh, the Hook. He wrote uh, the uh, the Skins. Skins was that the name of the episode? Skin. Just skin. Yeah. He wrote Skin. Yeah. And I have uh, I have complained about his portrayal of female characters before so when I saw his name pop up as the writer on this episode and I knew this was the episode that introduced Ellen and Joe I was like what the fuck what the actual fuck is going on here yeah he did a great job with them um I said I I adore that Joe got the best of Dean Mm -hmm. I adore that 10-15 minutes later Dean is still bitching about his nose I like how practical and uh, resilient Ellen is. 
I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, but they are continuing characters. They're they're with us yes. for for a little while, and they remain tough and strong. And I mean, they're just great characters. And yes. um, for a lot of women watching the show, Ellen and Joe are important. They're very important. I also like that they weren't hypersexualized. Like Joe is sexualized, but it. It's like the clothes that she's wearing aren't like, look, I'm a slutty bar person. They were like, clothes that you could move and fight, and she looked she looked really good in them. Yeah. Right. But they were practical clothes. It wasn't right. a tiny miniskirt and high heels. Yes. Well, and her sexuality, while it wasn't as hyper-sexualized as Dean's is, I think that she is a very good foil mm-hmm. for him. She is able to cancel him out. She's able to hold her own. And, and I like, too, that she is able to engage in that, that little playful, you know, give and take with him in that she's not being, you know, a slutty tease, but at the same time, she's not just, like, fawning all over him and, mm-hmm. and you know, giving him everything that he wants. She, is, she remains her own person. She maintains her own identity in both of those interactions. And yes. I think that that's a great thing. I wonder if somebody whacked John Shippen in the back of the head and said, do better. <laughs> I hope so. It, it may have been Eric Kripke, but we don't know that for sure. <laughs> like, I'm trusting you with these characters. Yes. You're right by them. All right. So, guys, anything else that you want to talk about before we close out this episode? I need to know why, because there was a couple of times, like, I spent the whole episode, like, on edge, like, even though I had the timestamps of, like, when the clown was going to show up, it was one point where it did, like, a pan up, I think, and I saw the bottom of its pants, or either, no, 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 it's when Dean goes into the trunk of the blind, the blind guy. The the knife thrower. Yeah, and he sees the, the clown outfit. I didn't realize what it was at first because I was like, that's some dingy fabric. What the hell is he doing with that? And I need to know why this clown is getting children to trust him when he looks like he just crawled out of a fucking cellar. Like, what is what is this shit? Because it's children and children do not have great judgment. I guess, but also, like, he has access to a washing machine. <laughs> but, but the Rakshasa lives in filth. That was one of the things okay. that Sam found was Rakshasas live in filth. I gotcha. And so it it's part of that character development is that it, the, the clown suit's kind of dingy and things like that. Plus, I mean, whenever, whenever a clown is interacting with a child, the kids aren't going, oh, dude, no, that's a busted up ratty ass costume. <laughs> no, they're like, oh, hey, it's a clown, yay! So, yeah. Okay, okay, I gotcha. It's like, oh, Febreze. <laughs> <laughs> well, then that would, you know, preclude the film. Did they aspect. ever resolve the... Because they they were suspicious that the owner was the Rakshasa. And so that's why Sam actually went and hunted down the owner. Right. Sam said that the, the owner guy, I can't remember his name, something Cooper. Yeah, Cooper. Um, thinks he thinks he's a peeping, peeping, peeping Tom. Tom. Yeah. So, you know, Sam would have said something along those lines. Sam had lifted up the mattress and had found that there, it was just a mattress. But the question, there. the question was that uh, because the picture of his father looked just like him, right. they thought that was evidence that he, he had lived for a long time? Did they I, resolve that? No, but I, I look just like my mom. Like, like, Facebook will tag me on my mom's pictures. Hmm. 
And I don't think they specifically resolved it, but I think the the finding of just a normal mattress and all of that was supposed to clue the reader into, hey, he's not the Rakshasa. And yeah. at that point, we already knew who the Rakshasa was because of Dean, you know, mm -hmm. getting knives hurled at him in the building he was in. All right, guys. Well, that is going to do it for episode two. We invite you to come back next week whenever we will be discussing episode three entitled Bloodlust. So until then, carry on, jerk bitch. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.